found us. You made it to the show. Oh, thank God. We so, missed you. missed you so much. Welcome to Common Sense Fitness. My name is Dave. And I'm Erin. This is the show where we talk about health, fitness, and well-being. We take away the hype and we talk about how to take a common sense approach to being fit and healthy. Should we just record that? Possibly. I'll just play it every time. Just that. Eh, it brings a bit, it's a nice segue into our little, our banter bit. I know it does. I know it is. It's fine. Speaking of our banter bit, banter bit, Erin, if you could share a meal with any four people, living or dead, who would they be? You know, I this is crazy. I just answered this question last week at a group lunch. Really? Yes. Uh, Well, it was three, but it was another question. All right, number one. Uh, Well, look, they're all. It's my dad and his camping friends because they're hilarious. Oh, okay. That's, that was easy. It was easy. But it's not very, it's not deep and it doesn't probably give you a hell of a lot of insight into uh, me as a person, uh, maybe, except that I like to hang out with my dad and go camping. I think that's actually really nice. Yeah. I'm not someone, I've had too many, I don't like going to concerts. Okay. Because I think I enjoy artist music a lot. And I've been to maybe two or three where I'm like, oh, I just wish the memory or the uh, enjoyment just lived in my mind instead. Yes. So I can understand where you're coming from here. And yes. you're like, look, I don't, you know, I don't want to meet Elvis and I don't want to meet anyone else like yeah. Winston Churchill. I'm like, I just want to, yeah. Yeah. I've hung out so with they, all these guys before yeah. and they're fun. That's very reasonable. Yeah. Cool. All right. What about you? Do I get to ask that? Oh, you can if you want. I, <laughs> as usual, I didn't think about it when I when I put the question in. Uh, da, 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 da. Look, I'd have to. I I just have to have dinner with probably. Let's do share. Meryl Streep. Ooh. Um, Jane Fonda. Oh, okay. Um, I just think that they. I would. They would probably having a great time, and I'd just be on the side. And it'd be entertaining, um, though. Bet Midler. Yeah, I don't know. Excellent. I mean, honestly, Does, that probably Cher, says a lot about me. Cher is a great choice. <laughs> she doesn't put up with anything from anyone. No, she does not. Oh, let's do that. All righty. Let's move on to today's show. Okay. We're going to follow this quick fire vibe. Yeah. No, no good segues today at all. No, so, that's all right. Because you, we're quick firing. That's it. And you killed it last time, so. Look, it's, it's, you don't win 100% of the time. <laughs> You've got to give up sometimes. <laughs> Today we're talking about fixes for fitness faux pas. So instead of a good segue, we've got a good alliteration there for you. Perfect. Or is it assonance? What's no, the difference? No, it's alliteration. I don't know what assonance is. But I know is alliteration f- is all the letters, all the words start with the same letter or same sound. Yeah, can't remember. Mm, yeah. Go Google that. What we're going to do is we're just going to do a little bit of a quick fire backwards and forwards with some common fitness faux pas that we've both encountered and maybe been asked during our professional lives and elaborate on them a little bit mm. in order to try and share some of our knowledge. Yeah, help you feel a bit better, get into things a little bit more, be more confident in your training. Mm, it'd be really fun if we could do a few of these episodes as well. So if you have some common fitness Common sense fitness faux pas questions. You can just fire them off to us. Mail at commonsensefitnesspodcast.com is our email address in the show notes as always. Perfect. All right, Erin. All right, hit me. Let's start with you. My knees hurt when I exercise. Oh, that's sad. 
You should not be in pain. I don't want to do. Uh, no, I can't. Can't possibly run because my knees hurt. I can't. Mm. Can't possibly do that because my knees hurt. We got. We get a lot of. I can't squat because my knees hurt as right. well. So uh, to be honest, a lot of knee pain is, without any sort of traumatic background, i.e., you haven't fallen over and bashed your knee on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. um, or you know been playing sport and gotten tackled or something like that if you if your knees just hurt and you can't really pinpoint a thing that happened to you to make them hurt it is not unlikely that you are very tight through the front of your thighs so the muscle group called your quadriceps the muscles on the front of your thighs they all come together just above your knee into a big thick bit of bit of connective tissue and when those muscles get tight they pull on that connective tissue and that pulls a little bit on the uh, basically the joint capsule and the bones in your joint even can get just tugged a little bit out of place so best thing to do for that or my first port of call I should say is get on a foam roller or get some massage so get some soft tissue treatment to loosen those muscles up and then stretch them out um it it works ridiculously well for so many people like we can take you from I can't walk up the stairs because my knees hurt so much to oh I'm fine now Mm-hmm. Like literally no pain in the space of potentially five, 10 minutes. So it is before you start worrying about going off to the doctor or the physio or anything like that, try it. It's a relatively simple fix for a lot of common knee pain. If you want to hear more about rolling, roll back oh, two episodes. There you go. <laughs> so where we talked about foam rolling versus stretching, Aaron talks extensively about our crappy posterior chains have that underutilized because we're all hunched over mm-hmm. and our tight anteriors our front of our bodies and some common fixes for that as well two things i want to say first caveat was um we don't know your specific circumstances well today yeah, this is absolutely. general advice only and you should consult a healthcare professional if you have ongoing issues yes please go see someone secondly on the back of that i want to use this platform because this is a common gripe that i get we love physiotherapists. Super important. Yes. I think a lot of people think that remedial massage is some sort of relaxing, weird voodoo stuff. It is not. It is not. And depending on what sort of physio you get, sometimes they'll, they'll diagnose you. Great. They'll give you a little bit. They might give you some exercise prescription. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they may do very little hands-on work. I, I know so many people who go, oh, I've gone to the physio, but still really, really tight. And I'm like, okay, so how much did they um, – they've said you've really got really tight hips and that's hurting your knee. How much hands-on work have they done? Oh, they just gave me some exercises mm-hmm. to do. That's a really important piece of it, right? Yeah. You, it's, it's, that's the big part of rebalancing things, mm-hmm. things that are not working well enough need to be turned on and mm-hmm. woken up. Mm-hmm. But – that will fix root cause, yeah. hopefully long-term. But It's very difficult to do that if you're not loosening off the tight things. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say there is make sure you get, you're get either rolling or you're getting someone to shove an elbow in the right place. Yeah. So, and a good physio will be doing hands-on treatment. Yes, yes. Yes. We love physios. You got a question for me, Erin? I do. All right. Dave, I'm not flexible and I can't do yoga. Oh, oh pish posh. I mean, it's not really a question. I'm just telling you. It's a statement. Yeah. It's a statement. What I'd say to you, A, if you've ever done one of my yoga classes, I, when I first started teaching yoga, it was the program or the format that I was most nervous about because I think I represent it the least physically. 
hmm. because I'm your stereotypical pretty tight male where I'm like, can't, you know, um, can't do a lot of the poses or they don't look very nice. You know, I'm not a pretzel. I can't, I still, after two years, I can't, you know, lay my thigh, my chest flat on my thighs or anything. What I found though is, first of all, I'd say to you, Erin, you're perfectly imperfect just the way you are. Thank you. And yoga is for everyone. And it looks very different for everyone. That's probably the important takeaway. Yeah, I think that is is a really good point. A lot of people have this image of lycra-clad, midriff. Instagram doesn't help this. No. Perfect forward fold, down dogs happening with a I don't know what. That's, you know, if you go out and do yoga class, you're a yogi. You're doing yoga. Yeah. It looks very different. A good teacher and a good instructor will be able to give you options and choices and should be teaching to who's in front of them. So what I actually found is that I probably represent f- the majority of people in my classes, mm. So, which is very nice for me. I, and I have different days of the week and different demographics that I teach to and I will teach very differently to them, um, meaning that if I've got a group that is maybe slightly older, I have to be, we get down to hips and and hamstrings, I know, you know, the, most people aren't going to be doing full front splits, not going to be doing really crazy out there things. Whereas if I've got a group that's a bit more, has a more of a history of yoga in the club, I can coach them to, you know, all right, let's go do some mermaids. Let's go do some mm. front splits or something like that. You can I, push you them know, differently Exactly, you can. Yeah. So yeah. let's say to you, go do some yoga. Yes, you can do it. Sometimes a little bit of research as well on YouTube. If you're if if you go there and you're really struggling with a particular movement pattern, um, talk to the instructor or get on YouTube and find some good variants. And I do a lot of that myself yeah. because there are still there's moves, so much there's moves that I struggle with, and I have to from my training, and then I will go and investigate different ways to do that or yeah. different ways to achieve the same thing, but manipulating it so that I can make it achievable for me. Yeah. There's a reason why there's all of this yoga for beginners yeah. out there. It's because nobody expects anyone to do a handstand their first time. No. Because no. <laughs> Just no. That's actually one of my stretch goals in the next, I don't know, whenever time is to do a backbend. Because I've tried, I don't have the upper body strength. So I need to like work on that. And I was like, I'd be. That's it, cool though. There's no purpose to it apart yeah, from I'm like, ah, oh, it's cool to do. Kind of. Yeah. I'm not, we're not allowed to teach them in Australia, but no, um, but it's still cool. Do it at home. It's good yeah. fun. All right. Erin. Yes. My neck hurts and gets sore when I ride a bike or when I lift weights. This is such a fascinating one for me. It took mm. me, I used to see, I still do. I see this a lot. I used to see this all the time and it would really puzzle me. And I remember talking to somebody one time and talking to them about what do they do? And I was like, oh, can you show me? And they got into their cycling position and all I could see was all of their neck musculature just turn on like a thousand percent. Are we talking like road bike? Yeah. So you're in that. Not necessarily. As opposed to a recumbent bike where you're sitting in the gym. Right, yeah. Something with your hands More traditional bike position, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to be like where you're really crouched down into it, but just you've got your weight a little bit forward. Turns out they were not using any of their core musculature. So all just of their dumping into hands and shoulders. Basically, they were just dumping into their shoulders right. and their neck. Okay, and it's it's interesting mm. since I saw that, and I started kind of reverse engineering that. Yep, people do it there, and people do it there. So a lot of times when we're doing 
shoulder specific things if we're not turning our core on so to speak if we're not bracing our abs Mm. and making creating a stiff torso front back and sides our shoulders are i mean they're they're actually the the way our the way our shoulders work we've got the ball and socket the socket's actually your shoulder blade and that's not it's only loosely attached to you it's attached by muscle it doesn't attach to any other bone so it needs a solid stable support if it's not getting that from the musculature below your shoulder blade your core it's going to get it from above mm. so it's interesting how much we yeah. see yeah right people tighten up through their neck to try and stabilize that shoulder a little bit just a little anecdotal quirk if your neck hurts a lot when you're riding your bike try and turn your abs on I'll keep an eye out that for that in my mm. my classes next week. I ha- often have to eyes up, guys, eyes up, yeah. heads up. Mainly, I'm trying to encourage breathing. Yeah. In, in more of the well, exertion it does, bits, it does actually help that a lot. Too. <laughs> yeah, you see a lot of people really slumped over. Yeah. Trying to ride, but I hadn't even thought about that from a core perspective. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. even as I sit here and I practice activating my deep core, you're like, okay, yep, like my chest is lifting, my shoulders are going back down. If yeah. I try and get into that neutral spine position. And it's then that, that hip hinge to mm-hmm. get into the position rather than that upper yeah. body because that's not going to help as well if you're rounding through the shoulders. Absolutely, yeah. That's just going to, again, deactivate any benefit you're getting through the core. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Is it? And, and lifting weights as well? Same. Really, anything that you do that you need to... We're talking like deadlifts and stuff where you're... Could be deadlifts, could be a shoulder press, could be, I mean, you could do it swimming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, anything that you are asking your shoulders to take load. And so is it the delts that are then having to stabilize, top delts that are having to stabilize? It's more, it's more your deep nes- neck musculature. Okay. So your scalenes, you'll see um, th- there's lots of little muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, upper traps definitely yeah. will kick in with that as well. But you get a lot of tension through the sides and the front of your neck okay. as well so it's all just trying to it's just hanging on for dear life basically hmm. yeah our bodies are great at protecting themselves sometimes it just doesn't feel good when they do it and there are better ways to do it yes turn your core on yes yeah okay dave i get really exhausted very quickly when i run help help me mm, red flag red flag is it tell red me flag. tell me about that Red flag. You're going too fast, too quick is what I would say. Mm. Uh, I had an instance of this. I've got a new athlete that I'm coaching at the moment, a new runner, and I was only asking her to a, a fairly moderate workout, having said that just sort of starting out, but I was like, I just want you to go really easy on this. But I think that even the word run in implicit some sort of speed about people. Yeah, I think that's really true. Regardless of whether you're looking to do endurance work or if you're looking to do speed work, you need to build aerobic capacity. That's key. Even people who are doing really short, sharp sprints, two, three, four, five hundred meters, yes, they need to build athletic performance in their legs, but you need to build cardiovascular capacity. And the only way you're going to do that is through building uh, building aerobic capacity, which is, means you need to be operating in a low to moderate environment so if you're getting too exhausted a you're going too far distance wise or you're going too long so you you know you're jumping in too long or you're just going too fast it's both probably the two of those metrics yeah okay wind it back to you can make that run feel okay for you like a five or a six out of ten you know at the end or at the start at the end okay at the end so I'd probably start out being like Whoo, this is real easy and then get to that point where you're like Uh, starting to get a little bit 
Okay. I'm talking more about in, in the beginning. I think once people yeah. find a rhythm and a pace and get build confidence with running, we can push you down the go wreck yourself if that's the purpose of the session. Right. But in that beginning stage, if people go, people say, if I say to people, you know, what don't you enjoy about running? And they say, I just get really exhausted way too quickly. I say, you're probably just overexerting yourself. Okay. Um, if, if it's due to a total lack of either general whole body strength, like you just absolutely sedentary, cross training, 100%, do a little bit of something else, whether mm-hmm. that's a bit of mm-hmm. weights, do some cycling, low impact stuff, anything else just to build some general strength and fitness. If it's aerobic capacity, running, or again, cross training is going to be great um, for that. So, But wind it back, make it a little bit more achievable. Cool. Mm. Good to know. Speaking of some cross training and my love of it now so much yeah. for complimenting. Erin. Yes. I'm starting to lift weights. Yes. Um, should I lift really, really heavy weights and just do a few reps or should I lift lighter weights and do more reps? Great question. What should I do? Oh, well. What's better? As always, everything depends What's on what better? you what you want to achieve out of it. Um, but generally, we love that answer. It depends. Uh, it depends. It it's, depends. It's the, caveat, 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 caveat. <laughs> but it's true though. It is true. Absolutely. That said, if we're talking just general fitness, you're not rehabbing anything, you are looking to support a sport or a, you know, a different type of, so, you know, if you're lifting to support your running. Yes. I'm generally going to look at what we would call a functional hypertrophy range. So that hypertrophy refers to muscle growth. Most of us, we could use a little bit of a boost in that. And again, particularly as we're looking for um, healthy aging, our bodies will start to lose muscle mass just as a function of normal aging um, from kind of mid-30s. So building muscle is a good thing for almost all of us at any point, no matter what. Um, And that's the hypertrophy piece of it. Functional just refers to it's going to make you essentially strong for everyday life. Mm -hmm. Um, so didn't we had a gripe about functional recently? We did. It is not. It's not standing on balls and <laughs> throwing weights around. But as you say, it's everyday life. It's everyday right? life. Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about functional hypertrophy, generally we're looking at you want to be lifting a weight that is a weight that you could lift easily, but still be challenged by six to eight times yep. for a set. And you might do anywhere from two to four sets of those six to eight reps. That's what that is. How I program for. Most people who are just training for general fitness, it's a really nice blend of results. What about the, so what about the extremes of that? If you are. that feels like it's sort of the middle. Yeah. Middle ground, right? You think about a bell curve. Most of it's the middle ground. Yeah, most true. of us are in the middle ground. True. If you are an endurance athlete, there's still going to be some benefit to doing some actual strength and power work. Mm-hmm. If you are a strength and power athlete, like an Olympic weightlifter, it, it actually does help to have some aerobic capacity. So mm-hmm. there's still going to be some benefit to some potentially higher rep stuff with mm-hmm. lower weights. Um, but it, yeah, if you were looking for more endurance, lower weights, higher reps, if you are looking for more strength, power, higher weight, lower reps, but I would say if you are essentially anything but an elite athlete, have a crack. St- Give yourself, start in the middle. Start in the middle. Push yourself a little bit. Go heavier than you think. Mm-hmm. You should hit that. kind. Of, if you're working in that six to eight reps, you should hit that six, seven, or eight and feel like I could have done probably maybe one more to do well 
but not a lot more than that. If you feel like I could have done four or five more than that and done them well, jump your weight up. Sounds like a good plan. Hmm. Hmm. I've been doing this for a while. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay, Dave. When's the best time to do sprint training in my running program? Is there a place for it at all if I want to run a marathon? Yes, there is a place for it. I think regardless of your goal, okay, there is for a few reasons. Number one, novelty. Okay. So I don't tend to do a lot of sprint training. I would maybe do – actually, it's been a very long time since I've done sprint training. I used to like doing it when I did it. I would go do a structured fartlek session, okay. 20 minutes what in the hole. The, um, so fartlek sessions are – if we're talking about it in the um, common sense, not yeah. not us sense, but you know what I mean. Yeah, the general. Com- the general, general way um, – I can't remember the metrics now, but you're running – you're basically going all out for a certain amount of time, then you're resting and there is a structure to it. Okay. And uh, you're building some fast twitch muscle response there. You are building aerobic and maybe a little bit of anaerobic capacity and recovery. And you're probably using some different muscles and movement patterns than you normally would do. Essentially, you are moving quite fast for short amounts of time. I, I think you're not working for any more than 60 to 90 seconds at a time. Still a long time in sprint time. Um, can be done on flats, can be done on hills or anything else. But generally, I would say sprint training, if you're looking to do endurance work or, or marathons or, or anything under that, totally worth it. I, I think it's good to mix up a little bit of training. I wouldn't go and do three sessions a week because you're probably not going to get a lot of value out of that. You're going to be better off, especially in endurance. And I would say endurance is anything over probably even including five kilometers and above Yeah. anything where you're operating for probably more than 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going to benefit more from aerobic training. Okay. Um, so longer, more consistent works training your heart, but integrating these other, either taking a, if you're going to go out for half an hour run, go, all right, I'm going to do a 15 minute run, but I'm going to include some little surges in it. That can be a good way to to do it. Just go, all right, I'm going to run for five minutes. And then for one minute, I'm just going to go as fast as I want to. And just really push it and then maybe walk for two minutes and then go for another five minute run. And then when you hit that six minute, just really push it again and then come back. And that's going to not only bring your body into different movement speeds, because I think it, once you've been running for a long period of time, you settle into a an area or a pace, which is great, because that just your body's just super efficient there. But sometimes we need to. It's good to break out of it to not only challenge your body, but also to understand you can operate at different speeds as well yeah <laughs> yeah like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, i've surprised myself before in races where I'm, i get to the end and i'm like oh i didn't know i could run that fast <laughs> for that long uh it's not until you try sometimes um yeah so yeah. i think for the general population if you are a runner and you're running a couple of times a week one little session in there absolutely if you're doing more if you're a track runner well hopefully you're doing a little bit more Probably more of that. You've got a bit more of a structured plan. Most people aren't who are probably listening aren't going to be doing um, fast stuff. But I guess if you're the highly competitive person at Park Run, maybe having a bit more of a hoik in there as well, uh, 
doing a really good speed session because you're probably going to be operating in that sub 30 minutes and you probably could squeeze a little bit more sprint work in there, I'd say. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So give it a go. That's the synopsis. Yeah. I think it's useful. Yeah. Oh, he's my favourite one, Aaron. All right. <sighs> Love this one. Aaron. Yes. What is the best, best – oh, let's do that again – What's the best exercise for weight loss? Mm. I need to lose weight, Erin. What what exercise should I do? Okay. Please tell me. Any of it, first of all. Everyone's favorite answer, just move. Your body will thank you. Uh. Um, but honestly, if I was going to pick something, I would pick weight training. Some sort You're of You're actually going to give training. me an answer. I, I am. I was going to fully just say, you'd be like, it depends, any movement, it's good movement. Uh, look, and that is true. Mm. Um, but what we know basically is that if you have a higher proportion of lean muscle mass, which is what you get when you lift weights, that's that hypertrophy uh-huh. I was just talking about. Uh-huh. Um, we know that muscle mass is more meta- metabolically active yeah. than, than our, well, than our fatty tissue. It's, in, it's very interesting. Actually, our organs burn way more calories than any other tissue. Um, things like your liver and your brain just eat calories and, um, your muscle is kind of just a drop in the drop in the ocean compared to that. Um, but we can't really control organ mass and you probably don't want to, um, no, an expanded brain or liver is not going to end Probably well. not great for you. Right. In fact, those are medical conditions. But what, you, <laughs> but what you're trying to say there is if you generally speaking, the theory is if you've got more, uh, muscle on you your base metabolic rate's going to be a little bit higher. Right. So just by existing, you are going to use more energy. So if you use more energy, but you keep your actual energy intake, so the food, the calories that you're taking in, if you keep that the same, the science roughly suggests that you're going to drop weight then. There are lots of confounding factors to that potentially, but the short answer to that is if you want to lose weight and you're only going to do one thing, lift weights. As you have described that, I would agree with you, actually. Yeah. I probably would. You're not only, as you said, building muscle. People, if you're doing it in that mid-range on the mm-hmm. bell curve, yeah. there's going to be a considerable amount of cardiovascular work as yeah, well. Yeah, there really is, actually, more than people think. I um, get to the end of my set, and I'm a hot, sweaty mass. Yeah. Just lifting weights. I'm yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's a function of still needing to supply those working muscles with oxygen and nutrients so your heart rate is going to go up. It doesn't go up maybe as high or it doesn't stay high for nearly as long. So you're going to see many more kind of, not necessarily peaks and valleys, but like maybe a little bump in the road and then a little dip in the road. (laughs) So it's going to go up a little bit. It's going to come down a little bit. Um, But cumulatively, you are going to find that there is a there is an element of aerobic challenge in there. So your heart rate's going to come up. You are going to get some cardiovascular positive effect out of even something that doesn't seem like a cardio session. Um, It's not going to help you run a marathon. Oh, it'll help, but it's like, oh, you know, it makes a 1% difference to running a marathon. It's not Um, specificity around anything. Correct. Yeah. 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 So lift some weights. Sounds good. And yeah. You've got that whole range to play with as well. Absolutely. If you definitely, if you move to more of that muscular endurance stuff, that's going to even more amp up the cardio. And they're probably the two main facets, right? We see of fitness is mm. strength and cardio. Yeah. And then I would argue flexibility and mobility. Well, and and you know, and that's it's becoming like more and more of a commonly accepted 
piece of it mm. as as we understand the body more and more and we say right well okay it's all well and good to be strong and it's all well and good to be cardiovascularly fit but none of those things matter if your ankle is uh, stuffed yeah, there's me there's me i'm that missing little pace and yeah. that's what i'm working on yeah yeah so it is it's a very important piece of it I played the long one. Oh, oh well. that's okay. We like your music. <laughs> I'll get that off the board at some stage. Don't Alrighty. rush. Oh. <laughs> Feels like it's going to be a thing for a while. Anyway, Erin, common sense approach to Ooh, I mean, today's topic. Yeah, little bits and pieces with all of it. Uh, foam roll and stretch. Yeah. And I'd, I'd go to your foam roller before you... I was speaking of which, last... Two weeks ago, yeah. I said I was going to start rolling before yeah. running. Yeah, um, and you did. I have. I have been doing, but I've also been doing your golden four. I've been doing my back, Ooh, good. my adductors, my glutes, and quads. quads. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing that. And actually, you know what? I have neglected my adductors for so long. Everyone does. And now I'm starting to go, you know that quad pain mm. in front of leg? Maybe there's a lot of adductor in there. There can be. Certainly. Mm. Mm, you're welcome. Thank you. I feel like you've unlocked, <laughs> you've like just brought me another missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So I think, look, my common sense takeaways are uh, generally you can do a lot for yourself. So try self-treatment with the roller if you are, if you've got painful spots, um, try turning your abs on. If you feel like something is working too hard, try turning something else on, activate mm-hmm. a different muscle. Um, and generally just just move Move. is good yeah has that for a common sense takeaway sounds good yeah experiment do it safely and if you're unsure get a get another opinion right get someone else's take on it like Aaron with my doctors you saying that triggered something in my brain i was like maybe that's me could be maybe i fit into that category Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's just a delight to have you tune in each and every week. I know you can't wait for the episodes to come out, and we can't wait to record them we for you. We can't. This is super fun. It is. <laughs> well, I've been have a few more interviews coming up for you with some other experts in different areas, which is really exciting. In the meantime, if you want to stay healthy the common sense way, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to the show wherever in this multiverse that you find your podcasts, any podcatchers. If you have questions, comments, or special dietary requirements or would like to make a hotel reservation or um, car hire request, please send us an email to mail at commonsensefitnesspodcast.com. Until next time, my name is Dave. And I'm Erin. You have a wonderful week, don't you? Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.